Hello and welcome to the Push Podcast. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're here to give you that friendly push that you probably need because a nudge is a little too friendly. <laughs> and if this is your first time listening to the Push Podcast, then welcome. That's right. Welcome to the show. On this show, we share perspectives and strategies to help you push past some of the most difficult things that life can bring you. Sometimes those are in business or your career. Sometimes it's your home life or relationships. And everything in between. We've been pushing people on this podcast for the last three years, and that's 200 episodes for you to dive in. Yep. So if you haven't already, go listen to those and then head over to thepushpodcast.com to sign up for our weekly newsletters because guess what? <laughs> Season two is coming and Tuesday, July 4th, we've got tons of new episodes dropping for you. And in the meantime, dive into some of our most popular episodes so we can keep growing. That's right. So let's push through, friends. You have no flights, you right. have nothing booked, and you haven't even gone through TSA or anything. So nothing. you're not getting on this plane. So everyone hears and we're like, okay, <laughs> um, well, I guess we'll stand to the side. So she politely hands us all of our passports back and we move to the side and we're like, well, this is fucking great. We right. have no, we have no flights to get out of this country. We're going to Greece somehow, some way. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindfulness. all of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Eddie. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. This is episode number 102 yeah. or 101. 102. It's 102. Okay. Yeah, because we talked about money in the last episode. Yes, and then now we're going to talk about how to spend that money, which was spending that money on a vacation. Right. 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 So we just got back. Eddie is really I'm, tan. I am, uh, what do they call it? You're like 10 shades a, darker. A, another shade, a new shade. You are. I am peeling, though. You always get um, super, super dark, though. Yeah. And you are peeling a little bit, but yeah. that's okay. You still look handsome. <laughs> I, on the other hand, um, developed some sort of all over my body rash. I think it was a combination of the crazy heat wave, which we're going to talk to you about. It was over like 105, 107 degrees. We were constantly sweating. I was using different water. We were right. in the ocean. And I just think it was a combination of my skin was like, what the hell is going on? So I'm right. like covered right now, head to toe with what looks like eczema. And I have an appointment in about an hour to go get a shot from my dermatologist right. to right. get it under control. So we thought it would be interesting not only to kind of walk you through our trip, not to brag, but to talk to you about all of the crazy things and obstacles and challenges that we had to overcome because the Push Podcast is about shifting your perspective and choosing to find the good in things, right? Yeah. And this was, it was an amazing, can, we'll start with this because we're going to talk about a lot of the, the challenges and the obstacles, but um, it was a beautiful trip. I don't think we went into it with the expectations that it would be perfect. I know I didn't. No. Right. But we don't ever um, think anything's going to no. be perfect. And, and so we always kind of go with kind of staying in the moment and, you know, being at a place of uh, amazing gratitude and just kind of taking it all in uh, and being present. So 
But this was a trip of, well, thinking about Thailand, Thailand was pretty smooth. Okay. Right? We had some things. We had near-death experiences, mm-hmm. but who doesn't have that on the um, <laughs> Most people trip. don't have near-death experiences on <laughs> but, their family vacation. But other than that, we didn't have any issues with, you know, I think logistics. almost dying on a ship in Thailand is a pretty big deal. Right, right. Anyways, where are you going with it? Well, what I'm saying is, is that this trip had far more obstacles, things we had to overcome. Right. Uh, which, you know, it was good to understand that and know that. We traveling internationally. Right. So to give you a little context, it was somewhere around January, February that I realized that this is our last kind of big family trip we'll be able to take with our girls as a family of five because Jasmine's now 20. Kayla's moving to Scotland. She's going to be 18. Jordan's 16. And, you know, as they get older, take on jobs, just different things. It's just hard to round up your children and take them on a family vacation. So we were supposed to continue our home renovation this year and focus on the backyard and redo the pool, build patios, things like that, um, re-pour concrete. And then when I had this realization, like, oh, my God, we only have a couple more months with them, Mm -hmm. we immediately decided to take that money and allocate it towards creating more memories with our kids. And so we had talked about going to Greece in 2020 for your birthday. But I think, truth be told, we didn't necessarily save up for, like, the fact that we were going to take an epic trip in 2020. So maybe it was, like, God's blessing of saying, I'm going to give you another year. Mm -hmm. And so this time we got to go all out. I do want to let you know that in the next episode, we're going to be interviewing Brianna Glenn, one of our friends. She is a travel concierge, I think is what I would call her. Right. Her company, Milk and Honey, they book all of our travel for us and we just love working with her. We're not getting paid to talk to you about this, but booking travel international can be really tricky. I remember when we were looking into Thailand, Eddie was like, okay, so we're going to do this, you know, here in the morning and then we're going to book this here in the evening and then when we finally talked to Brianna she was like yeah good luck that's like an 8 hour difference right. you would have to take a flight to get there and so then we realized we needed to give it to a professional right yeah i mean just plain logistics is extremely hard to do right. right and so when you have someone do that for you obviously it's super easy but i love the fact that like even in her uh, i think it's her instagram page she talks about being a travel designer mm-hmm. and i think that that's what it feels like right. And she does a fantastic job with it. We have experienced what it felt like to like feel like it was a luxury vacation. So yeah, and she's not a travel agent. I think that's very different. You can go to AAA. You can hire a travel agent. You can work with American Express, but she's literally going to ask you like, hey, so what kind of experience do you Mm -hmm. want in Greece? Do you want to live with the Greek people? Do you want to experience like the city life? Do you want to be a tourist? Do you want to have activities? Do you want it to be jam-packed? Are you looking for relaxation? So she's going to ask you and survey you, and then she's going to put together something that's going to be specifically tailored to whatever you're trying to create for your trip. So for us, it was about experiences. It was about photo opportunities, making memories, having activities and taking in as much as we could. Eddie wanted a little bit of history. So we spent, you know, the day at the Acropolis. We'll talk about that. And so we kind of catered. I wanted memories, right? right? So I booked a, she booked a family photo shoot for us in Santorini, which we'll talk to you about. So anyways, can't recommend her enough, but let's dive in because she booked everything for us except for our flights. Right. So Eddie booked the flights through American Express. We had racked up a ton of points and we cashed in on those points. Right. They were very helpful. And so we used all of our points and booked our flights from LA 
to London and then from London to Athens. And then we had flights coming back. Uh Right. Well, there was a lot of stuff that Brianna did to set us up to be prepared for those flights, like COVID testing. Where are you going? I just want to say. As you go through this, this episode is kind of like a what in the world. The whole thing <laughs> is just, a what in the world. I just want to say that so people know this is going to have a little fun. Right. But this is this is all the obstacles. And I, we were curious in how you would respond to all these things. But go ahead. Sorry. Okay. So Brianna said, since you're flying into London, which is the UK, you need to make sure that you have COVID tests, right? right. You have to make sure that they fall within a window, though. So I think it was something like 72 hours of you arriving in London. You needed to have taken a test and proven that you were negative. Right. Right. So that pushed us to wait until the last minute because originally we were taking a 10 hour trip from LAX to London and it still had to be within the 72 hours. Right. And so that's obviously very tricky. Right. Because it's be within the 72 hours. But you lose or you gain. I don't know. Well, you go <laughs> 10 hours ahead in, in, in time. So you time travel. Right. Uh, so basically you lose a, a day. So you got to do it right on the edge. Well, so, so we, that when you arrive right. in the UK, you're in with within that three days and not pushed to the fourth So here's day. the math. They are 12 hours ahead of us. Right. And we were taking a 10 and a half hour flight. Right. So that was 22 hours out of the 72 that we had to do the math on. So that put us at... A certain day, a certain time that we had to be at the pharmacy to take the COVID tests. And in order to fall early, (laughs) can't take it too late. (laughs) And in order to fall within that, um, my mother in law, she spent like $160 on her COVID test. It needs to be a PCR test, not an antigen test, right? Mm -hmm. So lots to do research on, but luckily, Brianna was kind of guiding us through this. So long story short, we don't get our COVID tests until the very last minute. And it was like midnight the night before we were getting ready to leave. So thank right. God everyone was negative and it worked out. Yeah. And and I can I just add to this because as we were taking the test, reports were coming out that even because we're fully vaccinated, mm-hmm. more and more vaccinated people were coming, were getting the Delta virus. And I was like, oh my God, the last thing we need is to not only work, wait to the last hour to get our results, right. but to have someone test positive. I knew it wasn't going to be me. Well, you didn't but, know that. <laughs> and so we had just come back from Dallas or from right. Texas. We mm-hmm. had just come back from Vegas. So we were more active in the past four days prior to that than ever right. during the whole pandemic. Right. So even though we were fully vaccinated, it was still kind of questionable. So we made a family pact. If someone comes back positive, the whole trip is off. Right. Because that would really suck if we had to leave somebody behind and that wouldn't be fair. So I don't know what you would do as a family in that situation. But our deal was maybe some families are a little bit more cutthroat. <laughs> they're, like, uh, they're like, if you come down with it, that's your responsibility. We're, we're out of here. Yeah, I'm just going to say I'd I know be super that, salty if I got left But home. our family is one of those things where it would be incomplete if somebody wasn't there. For sure. Right? It would have been incomplete. So. Okay, moving on. We finally got the results. Like I said, midnight and our flight, we had to leave our house at 5 a.m. to get to the airport by 6 to catch an 8.30 a.m. flight. Okay, so that's two and a half hours to get us through everything we need to get through. I think that was our first mistake. Why? We should have allowed allotted for three hours. we should have allowed for three hours. In normal times, I think two hours would have been okay. But we had two and a half. I think think two and a half. I think international travel, you probably want to go a little early. But in COVID times... Mm -hmm. You got to get there real early. Right. You also have to have a ton of grace. You got to have a ton of grace. And everybody's interactions with like 
the flight, the ticketing booths, everything is just longer. Right. Right. And you have to also remember that the people at the ticketing counter and all of the employees that work for the airlines, they are literally getting changes handed to them. You know, hey, welcome to work. This is what we're looking for today. So yesterday, an antigen test might have been okay to fly into London. But today we were requiring a PCR test. So we were like, let's just think ahead. We'll do PCR so we don't have to argue with anyone or, you know, like have well, any sort Brianna of misinformation. Well, gave us the parameters and so right. we were good with that. Um, okay. So then second thing was there was a locator, personal locator form, which we were told that needed to be filled out when we got to London. Mm-hmm. But you did try to be proactive and fill it out. And then there was a problem. It aired out. It was asking for something. That had to do with check-in. We also tried to check in to our flights the night before and it wouldn't allow us to. And we realized that that's because when you get to the airport for international travel, they want to check your vaccination record. They want to check your COVID test and all that. So we were like, okay, let's just get there early. So a lot of that stuff, we were just like, okay, I guess this is because of this. And so we just kind of moved with it. Right. Right. (laughs) So we get to the Delta uh, kiosk. We're trying to check in and it's giving us, okay, American Airlines. It's giving us a an issue, so we have to go to the ticketing counter. So we go to get in line, and this employee from Health that works for American Airlines, health? yeah, yeah, she was super rude. Okay, fine, I understand it's challenging for you to deal with international travelers right now, but she was like, "You need to fill out the locator form right now. Scan this, you know, QR code." And sit there and do it for every single family member. Well, this is not an easy form. Like mm-hmm. it takes a while. You've got to put in all of your information. It's six so of us, by the way. We stand to the side and all six of us. So now we're distributing, you know, passports, COVID vaccinations, negative test results to every single one of us. There's six of us. We're traveling with Eddie's mom. And you know, everyone's, we're trying to fill out ours and everyone's asking us what to put. So long story short, it took about 45 minutes. Secretly inside, I'm like looking at my watch and I'm like, this is definitely taking way too long. Right. What if we don't make it? Right. So I'm just like kind of fear casting in my head, but not panicking. No, we say, okay, you asked the lady, should we be worried? No, no, no. I said, I'm getting a little worried because now we've just spent 45 minutes that's eating into our check-in time. And she looked me dead in the face and she said, you should be worried. <laughs> I was like, like okay, what? thanks for, you know, that that was helpful. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely. So we finally make it past, you know, the guard of hell get in line, make it up. We wait our turn. We get in line. Now we've already wasted an hour, hour and 15 minutes. So Olivia, who dropped us off at the airport, is gone, gone, right? She's back in Glendora now. And so we make it to the front and we hand the lady our passport. She's going through the form, the passports, all the stuff. She's being really sweet, telling us, oh, your passport's not signed. Okay, well, why have we traveled all these other places and now we got to sit here, sign it? She was very helpful. So we weren't really worried until after she spends 15 minutes, you know, being helpful and nice and making sure our passport's signed. She goes to scan us in and they say, um, you don't have a flight booked. Right. So you're you're not booked. And so you it, have no ticket. Well, first, no, my mom's waving at me. She said, she said we don't our flight left last night. And I was like, <laughs> what? And then the lady who's helping us, because my mom went to a different window, says, Yeah, it looks like your ticket, you don't have any tickets for your flight. I see your booking, but I don't see your tickets. And I was like, I don't What does speak, that language mean? I don't speak airline. airline right? Yeah. What, what are you saying to me? You don't have a ticket for your flight. So she says that the... Um, so you you sit there and when you hear something like that, 
you know, and, and you, you take everything in context. You say, you got your whole family, you packed up, you got prepared. We're you ready got, to go. You're ready to go. You got plans, you got an itinerary, all these different things. And someone tells you, well, I'm sorry, you don't have any tickets. You can't go. Yeah. You're sitting there going, what, what? And then like, you're like, okay, and we can't fix it mm-hmm. because there's no time to fix it. We stop basically transacting tickets an hour before the flight. And, and so by now, the way, boarding starts 10 minutes now from now. Right. So now there's no time to actually like purchase the tickets for the flight. Well, this is what happened. Eddie, again, booked the flights through American Express. Apparently, they are acting as a travel agent, right? Because they're, they're like third a third party, party broker. And for they your tickets, work yeah. with, you know, American Airlines. Right. So apparently, American Airlines is telling us, well, they missed one step. And it's not confirmed. So you're technically not booked for this flight. So we're like, okay, well, how do we technically get booked? Because we got luggage and we're ready to go to Greece. We're ready. And she said, you can step aside and you can call American Express. And so we're like, okay, well, what if it takes us 30 minutes to get through? She said, either way, you're not getting on this plane because the plane is boarding in 10 minutes. You have no flights. You have nothing booked. And you haven't even gone through TSA or anything. So you're not getting on this plane. So everyone hears and we're like... Okay. Um, well, I guess we'll stand to the side. So she politely hands us all of our passports back and we move to the side and we're like, well, this is fucking great. We right. have no we have no flights to get out of this country. We're going to Greece somehow, some way. Yeah. So first thing, Eddie calls American Express, right? And I'm like, this is going to be a forever thing that we have to like sort out. It's going to take a few hours. And first thing I'm thinking is, let's get Olivia back so we can get... After you had been on the phone for like 20 minutes, I was like, we can't just stand in the airport, right? So let's get Olivia back and let's see. Now, I have no perception of time, but she had been gone for an hour already. Mm -hmm. So she's like, "Um, I can come all the way back if you want. I'm like, don't come back, whatever, we'll figure it out. So then we start looking up, let's just go to a hotel. Like we're near LAX, let's find a shuttle, let's take a taxi, let's take an Uber. We can't find any Ubers that will fit and accommodate all six of us. So we're trying to handle all of this while Eddie is on hold with American Express. Now it's been 30, 40 minutes, right? And it was the longest call ever. Of your life. Right. Three hours total. Let me remind you, like, when I call American Express, normally it's it's like one minute. Right. I got somebody on the phone, you know, they're like, thank you for being a platinum, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. We appreciate your service. How can we help you? This was not that. It was like, oh, we have extended long term. I'm like, extended wait times. Right. What are you right. talking about? Okay, we so need this is most. what we did. <laughs> we found the Hilton LAX was like, we can give you a day rate. It's like 200 bucks. You know, mm-hmm. you can get the hotel room from now until 6 p.m. My plan was let's just get out of the airport because we have no travel booked. So let's just go down the street. We'll get a hotel have some breakfast, figure it out, get some flights, and then we'll come back to the airport. But right. we're getting on a plane and we are going to Greece right. somehow, some way today, right? Yeah. So we take a shuttle with all six of us carrying, you know, uh, freaking carry-ons and luggage. Mind you, I'm still on the phone. Still on the phone. <laughs> we pull up to the Hilton. We check in. He's still on the phone. He has to stay at the front of the hotel. No, no. So hotel. I walk into the hotel like I'm supposed to. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, this hotel is like a freaking trap door. It is like no service beyond okay. like this place. So I'm walking all of a sudden this 45 minute long call that I've been on hold, having conversations. They're trying to figure things out. They're they're like, we're so sorry. We don't know what's going on. Gets cut off. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, well, I gave my callback number, but I had no service in this mm-hmm. hotel. 
So I have to walk all the way to the front of the hotel and stand by the door. The entrance. The entrance. It's windy. And I'm it's like, cold. It's cold. It's early. It's early. The door keeps opening and closing and opening and closing. And I'm like, oh, my God. And so then I'm waiting for this call back. It doesn't come. So I call them back again. And then I get someone and I'm. they're like, got to go through the whole thing again. Okay, this is what out. happened. <laughs> In the middle of all this, while you're standing at the entrance, freezing your butt off, I have taken all of the kids upstairs with all of the luggage. We dropped off all the suitcases because it's a lot of stuff. And then now we're like, okay, let's get some quick breakfast. I've ordered breakfast for everyone. Eddie's food has come. It's now been an hour and he's still on hold. Misses the whole breakfast, misses everything. And we still have no resolution with right. American Express. So fast forward, I finally just get so upset. I call Brianna and I'm like, what do we do? And she's like, well, we can, you know, book another flight. But what happened is you still have like your return flight that is booked through American Express. So if we cancel that, or we're maybe booking, not. Right. So we don't really know because <laughs> we can't talk to anyone at American Express that will give us any like information. So I give her the green light and I say, just do it. Find flights right now to get us on as early as possible and just book a round trip like like right. we're doing it today, right? So guess what? Instead of costing $7,000 for travel, it now costs us $11,000 right. to book a whole new set of round trip tickets to Greece that leave within the next three hours for six people. So we're like, okay, well, we'll just do it. We're going to take the chance. And when we finally get back and we finally get through to American Express, maybe they will, no, not maybe, they will refund the original trip, mm -hmm. pay for the difference because we shouldn't have to go from seven to 11. That's not right. our fault, right? And they should comp us for the freaking breakfast that cost a hundred something dollars and the hotel room that cost 200 bucks. So we literally go out on a limb and just say, F it, we're getting on a plane, let's just do it. Right when we do that, American Express finally picks up the phone and they say, okay, well, we can take care of the changes, whatever. Long story short, we hung up on them because we don't want to cause any more confusion. Right. And now we have flights booked that leave in the next couple of hours. So we've got to take the shuttle back to LAX, unload again, and now we're going to Amsterdam which is not in the UK, which now does not require a COVID test. Right. So we didn't need the COVID test, <laughs> right? Which is fine, whatever. Right. So we fly from LAX to Amsterdam. The Amsterdam airport was pretty cool. Yeah. It was, We're there it, for a few hours. It was like a airport that was sponsored by Ikea. That's what it felt like. Really? Was, yeah, like all the, the furniture, the sign, everything looked like Ikea. And I think that... Because you're near, like Amsterdam is near like Sweden, I think. And I think Ikea is the sweetest company. Like all that stuff. It looked like I was in Ikea. Okay. All well, <laughs> we didn't make it to McDonald's, but we did get some food there. Had right. like a three-hour layover. And the thing is, is from LAX to Amsterdam, now that we had last-minute tickets, none of us were sitting together. Well, we were in pairs of two. So we didn't travel together. Right. We were just scattered throughout the plane. Who cares? As long as we get there, it didn't matter. We weren't worried about that. So that's mind something. You, we were flying this, I've never heard of it, KLM. KLM. Yeah, KLM Dutch Airline. Mm -hmm. And there, uh, something about the Dutch, they love carbs because everything was bread, 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 bread. On like, the plane? On the plane. And I got to tell you, it was not good. <laughs> was well, I don't think anyone raves about the airplane food. Hey, I would tell you they had a chicken and rice coming home that I was like, can I get seconds, please? And they said no.
But I will tell you that the food on the Dutch plane, and I, I love the Dutch people, but I will tell you that that was not good. So. Okay, <laughs> moving on. So we take the flight from Amsterdam or from LAX to Amsterdam. That's a 10 and a half hour flight. Right. Then we have a like three, three hour, I think three hour layover in Amsterdam. Now we've got to go from Amsterdam to Athens, which is another, let's say, three hours, mm-hmm. right? So we never saw nighttime. We left at noon LA daytime. time. We traveled for like 16 hours, went ahead in time. And then we arrived in Athens. Finally, it was like 3 or 4 p.m. It was so strange. I mean, the good thing is they closed all the blinds. But, but like, your body is like, what the hell day not, is yeah, it? And what's never, going on? You never saw the night. And so you're just kind of like, okay. Do I just keep going? Right. So our driver picks us up in Athens. Brianna sets all this up. We've got someone holding a Copeland sign. We see him. We're excited. But one thing is we did not ever go to the bank in California and do any currency exchange. So we have no euros, right? right? So at the airport, we've got to go and pay whatever the fee is. So I would just advise you, if you're traveling internationally, go to your bank early. They need like a week. You order money and then they call you when it comes in. And so we should have shown up to Athens, you know, in Greece with the euros that we had already exchanged. And I think because we, we went with the mindset, well, we did in Thailand. Like, so right. you got the plane, you go and do the currency exchange. Right. So um, that's just a little FYI. Right. Okay. So our driver, you know, picks us up. The cool thing is, is like the taxis and just all the cars were like Mercedes and like high-end vehicles. But the taxis were not bright yellow cabs. They were like pastel cabs. Yeah. They were really pretty. Yeah. I don't understand. I you guys thought they it were was pretty. So weird. I, I thought they were they used to be yellow, and because it's so damn no. hot, that they, <laughs> the color faded. That's what it looked like to be, but maybe it was it was just a pretty pastel. No. I don't know. So the driver takes us. It's about a forty five minute drive. We go to um, where we're staying in Athens, which I can't really remember the name of the city. But it's definitely in the middle and the heart of the city. It gave me like downtown LA vibes. There was lots of graffiti, lots of street vendors, lots of food, mm-hmm. just little shops, you know, all the way people were socially drinking right. and eating outside. It was just a fun kind of vibe. Yeah. And when you think of like, I guess, the stereotypical like European experience, it was that like, you know, cafes, you know, different places you can drink and and be social. The streets were beautiful. Even though there was graffiti, it just had this feel that you got, oh, this is really beautiful, like in its own way. Right. So this is kind of weird, but our driver, you know, as we're getting closer to, we don't even know when we're going to get there or whatever. But at one point he goes, stay out of this area. It's unsafe. And we're like, (laughs) like, in broken English. And we're like, okay. He goes, the Pakistanis and the Arabs, stay away from them. And we thought- is he racist that, or is this factual or racist. yeah? So <laughs> I just wonder, like, if your driver said that to you, would you take it as fact or would you say, I wonder if this guy's a little biased or should I proceed with caution or should I be discriminatory or so that was just kind of like weird. We were like, OK, well, let's, you know, whatever we'd all just it was funny how we all processed it the same way. Yeah, because that like, would be the equivalent of someone flying in from out of the country and your Uber driver says, stay away from all the black and brown people. They're dangerous. You're like what? Yeah, just. You don't say stuff like that. Yeah, so, so but maybe we, it was we, factual. We don't know, but it was still uh, I'm, kind I'm of offensive. Yeah, say is it was definitely his personal right. kind of feelings because <laughs> uh, you know I saw a lot of Pakistani people. Well, people I didn't ask them, but right. the people who would resemble someone maybe mm-hmm. that was Pakistani. 
that seemed very reasonable, seemed like they were chilling, doing their thing. Well, but I do think that in every society, there is a bit of, you know, bigotry and racism and things of that nature. And that's probably what that was. So 30 seconds <laughs> after he makes this comment to stay out of this neighborhood, he turns a corner and he goes, okay, this is where you're staying. And we're like, wait, wait in the bad area? Yeah. Like, we know that this wouldn't be a bad area because Brianna booked our travel. And so he pulls up, there's graffiti everywhere. It's definitely in an alley, but all of their streets kind of look like alleys. They're very narrow. And so he basically takes our luggage out and says, good luck, like I'm out, right? <laughs> so then we're like, okay. He's gone. Right, so what do we do? So it just so happens that the uh, graffiti door that was to our right, there was a guy coming out of the door and he asked us if we were the Copelands. And I was right. like, yes. And he goes, you're not supposed to be here until midnight. And I was like, midnight, what? <laughs> so, but we were never getting in at midnight. So that was strange. Anyways, he goes, oh, come on, I'll help you go inside. So we go into the graffiti door, right? walk up about a million steps, right? But he goes, oh, there's an Five elevator right flights there. flights of stairs. But each floor had three flights of stairs. Right. So it was like three times five, which is 15 flights of stairs. It was crazy. So he says, you know, oh, there's an elevator right there if you want to put your luggage in. Mind you guys, the elevator is maybe four by four. Like, and then- <laughs> Not even that. Probably yeah. three by three, yeah. right? So maybe two people and two luggages, if that could fit in right. there. Two people, one luggage, right? So anyways, we pile the luggage in. We send it up in the elevator. Someone has to run up there to get it. Long story short, we go into our three-bedroom flat that Brianna had booked for us. And it was beautiful. Only thing was they were in the middle of cleaning it. Right. So we couldn't really walk in because, you know, the floors were wet. And it was just like, okay, this is bad timing for everybody. How did this happen? Whatever. So we didn't get to walk into like a, ah. Right. It was like we'd been traveling. We we're tired. We just want to throw our stuff and sit down and I was go like, to the Can bathroom. You give me the mop? I'll help you mop. Yeah. So we we're like trying to not, you know, be right. in their way, but we couldn't at the same time really enjoy the space or take a load off for five minutes. And so that was kind of weird, but whatever. When they finally left, we were like, okay, this place is pretty badass. Right. Like we've got amazing, a cool view. Yeah, amazing view. You look go into the to the balcony, there's a there's a jacuzzi there, and you look off to kind of your right and you see the ruins, the Acropolis ruins, and you're like, Oh my God, that is fantastic. Right. Like that is beautiful, right? You're in the city of Athens. Uh, one of the oldest, you know, cities of civilization, right? And it's just this amazing view. And so it's just, just a breathtaking. Here's what I'll tell you. What was really strange to me was everything was built on top of each other. Like yeah. everything was touching. Like this building that was like five stories was touching this building that was 10 stories. And the 10 story was touching the sixth story. And some of the units or the buildings looked like literally at some point they were on fire or there was an explosion. But then at the very top of that building, there would be this amazing like million dollar penthouse. Right. So it was like, that doesn't look safe. Like that looks like a cool place you'd want to stay, but you'd be telling people that you're staying in the burned building. Right. So it was just so odd to me. I was like, where are the city inspectors? Where are the building inspectors? And then in another portion of our home where we can see the view overlooking all of this civilization, there's literally a building here, a building here, and it looks like they had blown out and demoed the building in the middle. But now that the middle one is gone, the roof is caving in on the one to the right. So yeah. it's like each building needs the other building to support the structure because they're built 
together or right. on top of each other or like using the other building as support. It definitely so, didn't. It looked like abandoned buildings and looked like it was right. unsafe. So right. later on in the trip, we met a civil engineer. Um, his name was Nick. And so we chatted with him about like how unsafe a lot of the structures looked. And he's like, everything is grandfathered in and it's kind of a mess. Right. But it was just really interesting. So what's the point? The point is, is Athens wasn't so breathtaking but it was cool and city vibe. And like, this is just how things are. You can clearly see a stark difference in how we build things in America versus how things are built. Kind of just like, ah, put it there. One building yeah. they like and demoed I, and, and trashed right. and then took all of the trash from that building and threw it into the building next door. And I'm like, who's going to bring all that down? Yeah. And I think for me, what was amazing, not only was it the view, but the scale like you look out of, of your window or you get to the highest point and you look down at the city of Athens and it is it is vast. Right. I mean, it, like you so see- So populated. The, and, and the crazy thing is, it's like if you when you look at the United States, like all the neighborhoods, like the roofs may be similar, but the different colors, different color houses, all the houses are the exact same color, right? When you look across and you see just all white, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's just a very interesting thing, but it also makes you, it just gives it so much scale. And you look across and you see this vast, you know, scenery of white buildings of homes. And it's just amazing to me. So yeah. it was just fantastic. So the second morning we get an early start because Eddie likes history. And so we're going to go visit the Acropolis. Let's go see it. Um, and the museum. And we're going to spend about four hours there. So we leave and already at 730 in the morning, it's 100 degrees. It is so hot, you guys. It, it is like hot. There's a bit of humidity. And I'm like, okay. Like you need, but to, we're about to be embarking on a journey at the top of a mountain right. for four hours, hiking up. Now, a mind hill. you, the Acropolis is this ruin that is very old, but it's completely like marble, right? White right? marble that attracts so the sun, radiates there, it off. You're like, this is beautiful, and you're like getting this reflection of the the sun off the marble, and you're like, oh my god, I think it's it's, blinding. it's like blinding. But I think it's also making it like 10, 20 degrees hotter. Yeah. Here, so right? if it was 105 at the bottom of the Acropolis mountain, at the top, it was a solid 125. Yeah. But wait, we're not even there yet. We had to find out how to get to the train station <laughs> to take the train to get to the Acropolis, right? Right. And so here's the thing. And so most places, like most places, but a lot of tourist places, there's a lot, there's English is, you know, obviously English is very wide used throughout the world. Mm -hmm. And so English, usually when you, you go to these places, like even in Thailand and, and even in Greece, a lot of things are in Greek and they're also in English. Mm -hmm. But then there's parts of Athens just, just Greek. Right. right. We were in that part. And so we're in that part and we're trying to take a subway and people, when people are telling you names of things and you're like, Okay. But it's in their language <laughs> like, and you can't what? understand them. So like five people tried to give us directions, like, but they're like, go down to, and they'll tell you the name of the street. And you're like, there are no street signs. You can't read any of the street signs because the street signs are in Greek, right? So but not only that, but the street signs, because you're used to in America, you're looking for the street sign that is like right on the corner of the street. Mm -hmm. The street signs are they're actually not. on the building, right? Right. And so that took a while for us to identify that. I was like, oh, my God, the street signs are on the building. So let's look at the buildings and find the actual street sign. So we finally so that, get to the train station. And then now we're trying to, like, you know, select with our credit card 
And the whole system is in Greek as well. So we don't know, are we paying for a day pass? Is it a monthly pass? Is it? So we're just pushing buttons. We're trying to ask people and they're answering us in Greek. And we're like, okay, we're literally and screwed. And the people are being so helpful. So helpful. But we are just like, But we have no, have no clue no what they're saying. And this was, it was one of those things that it hit me right then and there. And maybe we'll talk about it in another episode. But I just want to say like, the faster you can let go of like, what you want things to be like mm-hmm. you want them to be in english you want them to be easy for you to digest <laughs> then stay in your country yeah the the quicker you can let go the better you can adapt right the quicker you can adapt because i kept wanting to make the sense of it in, from like what i'm used to i was mm-hmm. looking for street signs that were supposed to be where i thought street signs to be mm-hmm. instead of saying okay where would the street signs be like they didn't even ask that question. I yep. was just kind of like, so I, I, we'll get into that another day because I think that there was a lot of like customs and rituals and perspectives that we needed to let go of and widen in order to really adapt. Quickly. Well, this is going to be a two-part episode. Yeah. So this is part one and just kind of moving on to the train station that we finally somehow figure out how to get six passes for the train. Right. Catch is we get on the train and we have no clue what exit to get off of. Well, we do. We just well, we had to figure, figure it, out it out on the map again. Not reading anything in English, but then we were like, okay, this symbol looks like this symbol, <laughs> and we can just play connect the dots, right? And so, word to the wise, download the Google Translator. We just didn't have a translator, but also we thought we could figure it out, and nothing was in English, right? So we're, you know, in this subway station, we finally get off on what the picture was we thought we were Wait. supposed to. We've got to transfer to the green line. We're calling it red line, green line, like we're in L.A. Right. But also keep in mind, it's six of us, six personalities. Six different we, suggestions. We've, we've raised very, you know, Outgoing, independent yeah, thinkers. I, thinkers. And so everybody's got an opinion. Right, so, we're supposed to go this way. <laughs> this is where we're supposed to go, and then, like you have to come to a consensus in order to like right. really Decide move things forward. Yeah. So your mom goes up to someone and says, "Excuse me, how do we get on the green line?" <laughs> and they're like, "What?" And she goes, "The green line." We, I'm like, "Mom, it's not called the green line. We're like, just calling it the green yeah, line." Yeah, we're calling it that. So she's like, "Okay, thank you." The lady answered her a hundred percent in Greek. And then, and then you know, we started to just. I think what happened in my mind. We started to let go of those things and we started saying, okay, this is the name of this. Say it again. Right. And then this is the name. They said to go to this. This is what we're looking for. And then I think it was Kayla that really kind of put it together on the subway. And she's like, okay, we got to go she's here. She's on starts with an M and ends with an S. <laughs> right. That's where we're going. So look, this is that one. And we're like, okay, fine. We're just going to listen to yeah. you. Let's just do it. Yeah. So we somehow we made it, right? We made it. We're 25 minutes late we're for late. a guided tour. Yeah. Now the issue is the person that was going to help us with the guided tour says, meet us at this address. Well, again, there's no street signs, right? So we come out of the subway station. We can see the Acropolis. I'm like, let's just go there. And he goes, no, this guy said we have to meet them here. Right. So somehow we get lost because the walking directions are not working. Yeah, the, like the, Long we're, story short, we're, we're 25 we're minutes Apple late. Maps, and all these things are not helping us when it comes to walking. And so then we've, we come up and... The, we weren't aware that other people were waiting for us as well. Yeah, didn't right? know that. So, so sorry. So sorry. Um, <laughs> but we couldn't have done anything differently. Yeah, we, we left couldn't. Super so we early. walk in there and they're like, okay, do you have the tickets? Do you have this? I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Yeah. So they got us so, all squared away. And then we rush away and we head to the Acropolis for our guided tour. They had kind of already started without us, mm-hmm. but then they kind of caught us up. And then we were on our way. Right. So we start the tour. 
And remember we <laughs> said it was 105, 107 degrees, literally dripping in sweat. You and guys. I, and I'm thinking this is to where myself, my rash started. And I'm thinking to myself, am I the only one that's dripping? Because <laughs> I, I feel like the locals here are hot. But they're not like I look like I had just finished playing a full court game of basketball. Right. My face is drip like I'm dripping from your beard, like 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 from a beard. Everything just streams Shirt soaking wet. And I'm just like at this point I'm embracing it, but I know people are looking at him going, "Damn, is he that hot?" I'm like, yeah. "Yes, I, I look like I come from Alaska and I'm traveling to you know yeah. 115 degree uh, Greece." So it was so crazy. the tour guide though, and all the people that worked there were not sweating not, profusely no, not like, like we were and. And it was like kind of humbling because you're like, okay, shut up. Stop talking about how hot it is. Stop talking about how sweaty you are. But why aren't they sweating like we are, right? So clearly they have adapted. Their bodies have adjusted. Later come to find out that this is the hottest heat wave in Greece in 40 years. So we just happened to get super lucky and make it there during the hottest heat wave in 40 years. And so anyways... We make our way up the Acropolis. There's tons of hiking and steps. And I just want to shout out like our mom, your mom's 64 years Mm -hmm. old. She made it like a champ. champ. And, you know, there was a couple areas we had to help her, but I was really proud and impressed with her. And we had to help her because we we saw we were sitting there getting a presentation of where the Apostle Paul was trying to uh, argue with the uh, Greek (laughs) philosophers about Christianity and and was not very successful. And as we're hearing that, this guy slips down, like we said, marble is everywhere. It was like they poured (laughs) oil on the marble. He slipped his all of his legs came out from under him. We're going to have to help a mom with that. I needed help too. (laughs) So we are helping each other. What I didn't tell the family was that when we finally made it to the top after, you know, four hours, I was literally like, I was sweating so bad. I was seeing black. I was over, my body was physically overheating. And I kept thinking to myself, what are they going to do when I pass out up here? Like, cause I can't be the only person in history to pass out in the middle of the Acropolis. Will they send a helicopter? How much will that cost? How will they get me down? Are they going to airlift me? Like I was literally planning out what would happen when I died of heat exhaustion because that's how bad it was to me. I didn't tell you guys that, but I literally felt unwell. Well, I can Luckily, see that we you were overheating. Like, I can see, like, I, I know my wife. I just shut down. I was down. looking at her. She didn't say much. She was like. I was not impressed when, by much. I was when, like. Mind you, this guided tour they're using like they have microphones and stuff, and I'm like, why am I carrying this? Microphones they gave, they gave didn't us, work. Like, a, a lanyard with like a little thing on it. I'm like, what is this for? Is it like, and I'm like putting it on, and I'm like, there's nothing happening, and everyone has it on, and I had no clue. We didn't, me, you, mm-hmm. we didn't have any clue that they're sitting there listening to the <laughs> the guided, yeah, you know, our guide in full stereo sound. And right. I'm like, okay, we didn't. have I'm like, clue. okay, no one told us to put this shit on. <laughs> Cause I'm over here upset that she's looking that way, but talking to us and I can't hear her. And I'm like, how do these people hear? So I was like, I'm getting old. That's what it is. I'm getting old. I'm going to have to tell my husband that my hearing is going because everybody else seems to be engaging and I have no clue what she's saying. Right. So then we put the headset on because luckily Julie, Julie and Peter, another couple we met told us, Hey, put this on. It'll make things so much better. But then the headsets didn't work. So whatever, that was just like one of many things. Right. And so, we finally take all the pictures. We go to the museum. In my opinion, it was an hour longer than it needed to be. But- <laughs> my lovely wife, she asked a question that I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she asked that. But it was pretty funny. She said, okay, 
goes to the, the, to the to tour guy and says, okay, so how do we... Now, obviously, the Acropolis has a much, lots of history. It's been mm-hmm. under attack. And so back when Persia was a an actual like mm-hmm. country... Uh, she, you know, the Persians invaded and, and bombed the Acropolis. So she, but she they goes, destroyed the Acropolis. Goes, so wait, wait, <laughs> everything was about the Persians came and the Persians did this and the Persians did this. So I'm like, I have a question. <laughs> she goes, are we beefing with the Persians? Yeah, do we not like the Persians? Do we not like the Persians? And she goes, well, Persia is no longer a place anymore. And, <laughs> but, but she but, said, but yes, there's definitely like some, no, she didn't she, say beef. No, but. that is long gone. And she was mm-hmm. like, and she said, no, there's no beef. I'm actually Persian. Right. That, right. At the tier guys. So I'm but Persian, it's a touchy really, subject. Yeah. But they bombed a, everything. There is a, there is a storied history there, but it was pretty funny. She was like, should, she said, should we not like the Persians right now? <laughs> do, like, I said, do we not like the Persians? Yeah. Like I need to understand. Cause like we just spent four hours at, you know, talking about all of that they destroyed. I just want to know, are we, st- are we cool with them? Right. So that was pretty funny. So we finished the tour. We wind up getting some good lunch. It, was so hot like i right. just can't tell you anything else about Can I just say that yeah and it was one thing we got into the museum and the museum was air conditioned mm-hmm. so that was a relief and the museum itself is amazing yeah it's state-of-the-art it is fantastic and the crazy thing is is as they were building the museum um, they found artifacts as they were digging up mm-hmm. and so that's part of like the experience so i won't give it away so if you ever decide to go but I will say that probably the most impressive thing for me that I took from it was the hand. The hand. The hand. So oh. on top of the Acropolis, there were all of these sculptures of of different symbols and things that had meaning. Uh, and, and they had several different artists, Greek artists, that were working on it. Well, all of which are unknown. All of which are unknown. All that were paid very little to do it, but it was part of the, it was like a passion thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they highlight in the tour this one particular hand that was so well done, that was perfect on every angle. However, it was never to be seen because it was so, the way it was going to be positioned in the, on top of the Acropolis, you would only see one portion of the hand, not the entire hand. So it would have been easy just to sculpt one half of it. Mm-hmm. But to do it all was because it was like, like that to me was so impactful. Like if you're going to do something, like do the complete thing, make it as perfect as you possibly can. Even if even no, one, if sees no it. one sees it. Yes. That was huge. So okay. that was. Um, what was that. huge for me in Athens were the chocolate croissants. <laughs> um, Greek people take their coffee very seriously. We were ordering coffee all wrong. Jasmine was embarrassed to say that she's a barista at Starbucks, so she never <laughs> mentioned it once. And they had great gelato, gelato, mm-hmm. gelato, however you say it. And um, just so you know, if you're traveling with someone who has a nut allergy, everything that says chocolate is actually Nutella, which has hazelnuts, which Jordan is deathly allergic to. Which will so we'll talk to you about the net in the next episode how she had to shoot herself up at breakfast with an EpiPen. So, so thank you for listening. We'll, we'll, this we'll, is we'll leave you with this cliffhanger. So <laughs> we spent all this time in Athens, and you know I get up the next morning to confirm our ferry ride to go to the next island. Wait, time out. Is, we have this is, beautiful balcony right. that overlooks the city. And so I get up early. I'm like, I, I got to read my, his stoic book. I, I got my books. I got a nice thing of water. The sun is not completely out yet. It feels so it's, good. It feels good. I'm looking, I'm staring at the Acropolis like, oh my God, this is freaking amazing. And I said, let me just check into our ferry ride. 
and you know, and make sure we're all straight. But all of a sudden, I, the ferry, like the the software or whatever, the online was not allowing me to check in, and that led to big trouble. And we'll get to that in the next episode. Okay, or we could finish that out right no, now. No, that's a cliffhanger. That's how you let people coming back for more. Okay, well, we'll see you in the next episode then. Bye, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through